has spoken to my heart. All I have is a Bible and a word from the Lord, but I believe it's for somebody here tonight as we go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. Bible says in verse number one, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. I want to preach for the next few moments on this thought, the beginning of a breakthrough. The beginning of a breakthrough. Could you lift your hands and let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, without that anointing, nothing I say will make sense. But by the help of your spirit, over the next few moments, you can take the words that would come from my mouth and join it with the faith of these precious people. And they can activate something in the spirit world. And they can leave this place strengthened and encouraged in the Holy Ghost. Let there be a mighty touch of your presence. Fill this place. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise and glory. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord bless you. You may be seated. The beginning of a breakthrough. I like looking at the life of David because David was not a perfect person. You look at his life, you'll find his frailties, you'll find his flaws, and that's just in what we can read. There's a lot more about his life that we don't know. But I find comfort today in the fact that God labeled David as a man after his own heart. Not because he was perfect, but because in everything that he did, whether he was right or whether he was wrong, he never lost his desire to please the Lord. He wanted to be pleasing unto God. We can find the strength of that 
relationship being forged and formed when he was just a shepherd boy looking after his father's sheep. We can see that trust being established when God enabled him to kill a lion and to kill a bear. And God knew that the heart of David was in keeping the sheep. There's a direct bond in David's life with God because God knew he had the heart of a shepherd. And God prepared him for that day when he stood before that Goliath that was denouncing and mocking the God of Israel. And once again, just like when he killed a lion and he killed a bear, the Spirit of the Lord grabbed hold of that young boy and God used him that day to slay the enemy of righteousness. And we can follow the life of David all throughout his time under Saul when God saw the integrity of David in that he had opportunity to kill a wicked king, yet he maintained his integrity in spite of all of those opportunities. He ascends to the throne. He does everything that he's supposed to do. But how many know here today that you can do everything you're supposed to do and still find yourself in situations that are not pleasing? We've got to get over this mentality that says living for God's going to be easy. Hey, living for the world's not easy either. I'd rather be living for God with problems than living in the world with problems. At least I have a rock that David said when my heart is overwhelmed, there's a place that I can run to. There's a fortress that I can hide in. Aren't you thankful for that strong tower? To understand what this means, what Ziglag means to David, you have to understand that when he was fleeing and he went to the priest and he said, is there anywhere I can go? He gave him Ziglag because it was supposed to be a safe place. It was a place, David, you can go and not be looking over your shoulder to see if Saul was coming after you. It was a place that you could go and you could find safety and you could find rest for your soul. And so when David comes back with his men and he finds his safe place was compromised, he finds that land of liberty was invaded by an enemy and they took his women and children. They took what represented the future because the enemy is not as concerned about your present as he is about your future. If he can mess with your future, he'll destroy your life. And people don't realize when they start dabbling in sin and they start dabbling in things that they think is innocent and this isn't going to affect me, this isn't going to bother me, this is something simple. They're only looking at the present. But the enemy's not worried about your present. He's looking at your future. And when David stepped into that burn over zigzag, he realized this isn't just about the present. It's about the future. Because they took our women and our children. And so you have these men with David that are so broken. They're so distressed. And they begin to weep. 
They begin to cry. They begin to blame. Because when we're in situations that we can't control, the default tendency is we want to start blaming. And so all of these fingers are pointing to David. David, it's your fault that we're in this situation. David, we're here to support you. And it's our wives and it's our children that have been taken from us. And they begin to weep until the Bible said they had no more power to weep. And it's at that moment David was at a Y in the road. And you'll get in those seasons of life where you'll find your place in the same predicament David was in. And you got two choices. I can either have a breakdown or I can have a breakthrough. And the only way it's decided is you have to make up in your mind. Either this is going to be where I put it in park and I start living with a bad attitude and I get sour in life and I blame God for my problems. Or I can have a breakthrough and I can change the course of I'm telling somebody tonight. You need to make up in your mind. I'm not going to have a breakdown. I'm going to have a breakthrough. This is not going to be the end for me. This is going to be the beginning of what God is going to do. Come on. Somebody clap your hands as you make up in your mind right now. It's far too easy to get smacked with the reality of life. Situations that you can't control. Problems you didn't sign up for. Difficulties you didn't desire. And to say, you know what? I can't cry no more. I'm done crying. I've cried all the tears I've got. I'm just going to just coast. Oh, you'll come to church. You'll give an offering. You'll be faithful. But you won't make any progress in living for God. And the enemy is okay with that. Just existing. But no power, no purpose, no pleasure in living for God. He's fine with that. You don't have to be outside those doors to please him. You could be in here pleasing him as long as you just put it in park and have a breakdown. And there's a lot of people that are in church, but they're having a breakdown because they're looking at that Y in the road and they're saying, okay, if I go this way, have a breakthrough, that's going to take a whole lot of effort on my part. Or I could just sit right here and I could point fingers at everybody else and blame everybody else for my problems. And I don't have to be honest. Listen to me. It's okay to look in the mirror and say, you know what? You didn't ask for it, but you can make it through it. You didn't sign up for it, but you've got what it takes to come out on the Hey, David, the Bible says he had to encourage himself in the Lord. I'm just going to tell you, there's been many times that I, I alone had to go to prayer and make up in my mind, okay, you're going to make it through this. I had to give myself a pep talk. 
There's times when I was an aspiring minister, my late teens and early 20s. My pastor would pray for everybody but me. I'd be over there trying to get seen. He wouldn't touch me. And I'd get frustrated. But he understood there was a day coming where I would have to be the one praying for somebody else. And if I couldn't encourage myself in the Lord without somebody doing it for me, then I would never make it when the day came. And so you got to realize, if you're waiting on somebody to come by and pat you on the shoulder, you may be waiting a while. You've got to be the one to encourage yourself in the Lord. So here's David. Here's David encouraging, trying to get his mind right, trying to get everything where it needs to be in his mind because he's surrounded by nothing but despair. And this is what he says. Abiathar. I'm using it, brother. I'm using it for illustration. Thank you, though. He's willing. He said, Abiathar, bring me the ephod. Because there's something about that garment that'll get my mind where it needs to be in the middle of all the hell I'm going through. You know what that tells me? At some point, he put the ephod down. And the ephod always represents praise. And when you put your ephod down, it's easy to get overwhelmed by everything that you're going through. Can I preach to somebody tonight? How dusty is your ephod? When's the last time you went and dug that ephod out and said, all right, devil, you messed with my mind long enough. You've allowed me to look at my circumstances long enough. You have messed with the lies of my, it's time for me to get my praise back where it needs to be. I'm going to preach just a minute because I've only been here three years but I've seen people here that you have digressed in your praise. You have put your ephod down for a little while and now you're wondering why your world's going crazy and now you're wondering why your mind's going crazy. Now you're wondering why you can't think straight. It's because there is dust on your ephod and David said if I'm ever going to have a breakthrough let me tell you where it begins. It begins with my praise. It doesn't begin out there. It begins in the house of the Lord. I think we need to take a praise break right now. I think you need to shake yourself and stir yourself and say, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know how it's all going to unfold. But it's going to begin with me in the house of the Lord tonight. Come on, I feel something breaking. I feel something building. Somebody needs to look at your ephod and say, it's time for you to get on me tonight. It's time for me to get my mind right. Coming 
to church ain't going to get your mind right. You need to come to church. But you can come to church and go to hell. David said, when I get that ephod on, he once he got that ephod where it needed to be, then he inquired of the Lord. And the Lord, he said, shall I even go? Is it worth my time, God? Shall I even pursue after them? And the Lord said, oh, you pursue them. You go after them. And you're not just going to overtake them. But you're going to recover everything that was taken from you. Let me tell you how important your ephod is. It will decide your future. It's not about dancing to the beat of a drum. It's not about doing the, the huckabuck so everybody could see you. There's something that happens in your mind. This is why David said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You're not going to make God any bigger than he is, but you're literally going to begin to magnify his presence in your mind to where you no longer see your problem, but you see your promise instead of your problem. Who am I talking to tonight? That you've been looking at your problem and you haven't seen your promise. But if you can put the ephod on, I got a feeling your perspective will change tonight. Come on, clap your hands, clap your hands. Clap your koriyala moshanda deyala vasata. Brother Black, here's what I've noticed growing up. We spend a lot of time praying for a move of God. But we don't move. We expect the wind of the Spirit to blow and grab us out of our seat, Brother James, and throw us down the aisle. Can God do it? Yes, he can. Does God do it? Not that I know of. Because there's an element there. There's an element that God won't violate, and that's called the human will. That's why David said, I will bless the Lord. Because if I'm going to bless him, it's going to be out of my will. And we'll spend 30 minutes praying for God to move in a prayer room. Oh, God. We want to move your spirit. I've all been guilty. I, I, I still do it. I do it out of, out of habit. But if, if that water is the spirit of God in me and that bottle is my temple, I could lay there fast till my belly button falls off and pray for that water to move. And it's not going to move. The only way that I'm going to have a move of the water is I'm going to have to move the container. And the Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And if you want to move a God, the only way that God's going to move is the container is going to have to start moving. We got to stop asking for God to do something and say, hey, it's going to start with me. I'm going to get out of my pew and start worshiping God. I'm going to be the one to move with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be the one to run the aisles. I'm going to be the one to worship when I don't feel like it because it starts with the ephod. Clap your hands under the Lord right now. I want us to take a praise break. Something's got to break in this house because there are people here that you need a breakthrough. You need a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. And God's not going to do it for you. 
You're going to have to do it yourself. Stay standing. Stay standing. We're so busy waiting on somebody else to do it. We're so busy waiting. Hey, I remember the days where I would literally step over grown men that were out laughing in the Holy Ghost. Women that were just laid out everywhere. You remember those days too. When's the last time you had to step over somebody that was lost in the Holy Ghost? Did God change? Ephods are laying down. People aren't picking them up anymore. And so now we wonder why we've got so many mental problems. Because they're so surrounded by their situations. They're surrounded by what they're going through. And the, instead of beginning with the ephod, they'll leave their ephod laying down and try to do all these other things to fix their problems. Instead of picking up the first step, the beginning of a breakthrough. I was at a church one time preaching my Guts out. Long sanctuary. Four rows like this. But it was probably three times as long as this one. If not four times. And I, I felt a breaking in the Holy Ghost. And I'm preaching and I'm preaching and I'm preaching. And, and, and I'm wondering how in the world is this thing not breaking? It's, I was hitting up against a wall. I couldn't figure out what to do. I, I did everything I could to, to push, but I'm only one person. And I was standing right about here. There was this old long aisle. And about three quarters of the way back, there was an old precious man in that church. I'm not making fun. I'm telling you, this is exactly how he was. Because of medical conditions, he was literally bent over just like this. And he would walk just like this with a walker. Precious as could be. And while I'm preaching, I'm sitting here going, God, this church needs a breakthrough. How are they going to get a breakthrough if they don't want to move? I look down. Oh, man, that I've never seen him walk without a walker or holding on to somebody. He stepped out in that aisle. And he found his ephod. And with everything he could, he started going. And he made his way all the way down. And as he walked, it was like he was handing people ephods because everybody realized if God can move upon the person who is the least likely to have a move of God because of their physical condition, then what reason do I have to sit and watch somebody else have a breakthrough when I can get out and worship, when I can get out, I'm talking to somebody tonight, why are you going to wait on somebody else to have your breakthrough when you can step out of your pew right now and say, I'm going to have a breakthrough right now. I wish somebody would step out of your pew right now if you want a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. You don't need to wait on somebody else, but you need to make up in your mind that I'm not leaving in a breakdown. I'm going to have a breakthrough. 
Come on, come on, come on. Come on. There ought to be a sound erupting in this place. Somebody needs to get tired of where you're at. You need to get tired of hell that is trying to steal your future. You need to get tired of your current situation and say, I am going to have a breakthrough by myself tonight. You don't have to sit in a burned down zigzag. You don't have to let your future be compromised. I want your eyes closed right now. I want you to get locked in on the Holy Ghost. I want you to get locked in on what God is doing. It's your night. It's your night. It's your night. I bind the spirit of fear. I bind the spirit of fear. I bind the spirit of torment. I'm not going to have a breakdown. I'm going to have a breakthrough. And it's going to start with my praise. It's going to start with my worship. It's going to start with my ethos. This is how I fight my he this is how I fight my battles. That's it. This is how I fight my battles. 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 It may look like it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. It may look like I'm This is how I fight my battles. 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 